Hi, I'm Kim Polishuk. And I'm Jen Giffen from Shooks and Giff, the the podcast. podcast. A part of the Education Podcast Network. Just like the show you're listening to right now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for those of you that are joining us. Welcome to My EdTech Life. I am your host, Fonz Mendoza. And thank you again for joining us on this beautiful Saturday. Hopefully, anywhere that you are, it is a beautiful Saturday. And I think it's a beautiful Saturday if you're up and watching the show or if you're up having your first sip of coffee, making some breakfast, or you're already getting ready to start your day and head out the door. Thank you so much for joining us. And of course, being very supportive of our show, because if it isn't for great people like you, we wouldn't be where we are today doing what we do with such passion and enthusiasm and talking about passion and enthusiasm. I think that's a pretty good segue to introduce today's guest. And today's guest, we have the always amazing, energetic, just all around great person, Tisha Poncio. Tisha, how are you today? I'm great, Alfonso. Uh, yes, I'm always energetic, but in the mornings I have to have like double coffee, uh, double water, lemon water. Listen, sometimes it takes me a while to get started. <laughs> hey, but it's okay. The good thing is that you got started and that you're here today and you're joining us on a special show. I mean, it's just today's going to be the the Who Is Tisha Poncio show. <laughs> And, and just to give a little bit of background on, on how this came about, I mean, we, we met at, at TC, obviously, we, we participated to, together on a, a Wakelet uh, session and everything. And that was great. I got to be your right hand man there. Yep. And uh, so it was funny because we were talking with Deb and Deb's like, yeah, you know, uh, um, I wasn't asked. I was told I was voluntold. <laughs> but I love what you said. It's like, Tisha, she's like, I know exactly who it is that I need to do stuff. But from then on, I was like, oh, these are my people. This is awesome. <laughs> and then, of course, we had our chat there at TCA and talking about podcasting. And then I was like, hey, I want to be on your show. Hey, I want to be on your show. And I was like, oh, my goodness, these people, you've heard of my show. You've, you've seen yep. it. And it's just been great just being able to connect with all of you, you lovely ladies are just amazing and, and at what you do and everything that you're doing. And of course, when we we're talking and we we're like, so so what are we going to talk about? And <laughs> and when you sent me that that DM, I was like, who is Tisha Ponce? And you're like, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I know, that's kind of a loaded question, Fonz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but I'm excited because, I mean, it's not just like who, but it's just really, today it's just showcasing and like you know with our show it's just really sharing with people your passions just you know where where you're coming from did you always want to be an educator did you not did you stumble into it and then fall in love with it and doing those things and and of course just the amazing things that you do yourself to connect with the educator community but to connect the educator community as well and of course 
the great work that you do with students and uh, you know for uh, empowerment and the student can uh, students can lead movement. That's definitely something that I would love for you to share because uh, the, that what you do is something that does make a big difference. And uh, you know that's what we're here to do today. But uh, just let's start off just and we'll build up. Tell us a okay. little bit about just your background as far as uh, in your work in education. You know. Well, I have, I don't know that it was accidental. I mean, I always say to my students, everything I do is very intentional. I'm very intentional about about who I surround myself with, um, kind of goal setting. I've always been that way. Um, I didn't grow up in the best house. So um, I had to put in some of those, like I had to self-lead as a student in my own household. So I think that's really where that comes from. Mm -hmm. I, I had to do that to survive. So as I entered um, into college, I really still wasn't sure what I was doing. Um, and so I, I really, I was an underdog. I mean, that that's the truth. I was an underdog. And I, so I'm always rooting for underdogs. But I had no idea what I was doing. I wasn't top of my class. I, I mean, I wasn't even close to being top of my class. Um, and so because my childhood was difficult growing up, I had specific attachment to teachers that empowered me. And so for me, it was specifically an English teacher. So I grew up in uh, Seminole, Texas. It is a town way out in West Texas on the New Mexico border. And um, I always shout out my English teacher, Anne Elam, because she was the one and she will never take credit for it. You know, teachers don't like to take credit for life changing things, but she was the one that really empowered me. Um, and I also uh, had an algebra teacher, um, Steve Cates way back in the nineties who, who kind of took me under his wing and just coached me. I mean, he was coaching me through, you know, what was I going to do with my career and kind of guided me into the university that I would go to. And interestingly enough, and this is unheard of now, I feel like, uh, right out of high school. So I was maybe not even 19. I was in college, so I needed to work part-time. So I became a substitute teacher <laughs> And I subbed at the high school that I graduated from. And I'm just going to tell you, I would not recommend that today. Um, I was substitute teaching for my former classmates. And that's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> um, but because of that experience and because I gained that experience, I was then able to kind of build onto that. Um, so I, another super odd story that people probably don't know. Um, so I've been in education a lot longer than I've been certified to teach. Um, for sure. But I, on a whim, just felt, I guess, really empowered. I applied for uh, a job with a college, um, a college, a couple of towns over um, teaching adult learners how to use Microsoft, right? So Microsoft Word, PowerPoint, um, Excel, and uh, really did not think that I was qualified to do this, but I guess nobody else wanted to do it. So I got the job. So I started teaching adult learners at the age of 19 um, and just really continued to build on that. So I think maybe I didn't choose the path. Maybe the path chose me. Um, and so then once I got into my undergrad, my, my specific education classes, I, I thought I wanted to be a kinder, kindergarten teacher. Mm -hmm. So I started on that path uh, very quickly. 
I knew that was not for me, Fonz. Uh, no, um, <laughs> I couldn't do it. So I switched to secondary and uh, my my advisors, you know, in college, they're always asking me, well, you have to take these classes or you have to pick this degree. And I said, well, I, I really like English. So I'm going to choose that, um, you know, as a as a really specific content area. And then she was like, well, you have to choose another one. And I was like, well, I don't know. None of these. I'm, I don't want to do science forever history. Those are just, it's not my niche. Right. So I said, how about technology? Well, in the nineties, <laughs> it wasn't like a thing that went together. So she tried to talk me out of it and told me that computer information systems in English did not go together. I still beg to differ with her and I would showcase everything I've done because it has served me in the very best way to have an English degree um, with my computer information systems degree <laughs> all under that education umbrella. So that's really how I got started. So I, I think um, it's been really incredible, Alfonso, that you asked me this because it has made me do a lot of self-reflection. Um, I think sometimes paths choose us, right? And it, it just happens. And then you find out that was really what you were meant to do. So there's nothing like being in a classroom uh, with adult learners or, um, you know, K-12 learners. Uh, it just empowers me to empower them because I'm, I want to give back sort of in the same way um, that my teachers did back in high school. Oh my goodness, that is so awesome. <laughs> like, like that's just a, a great intro and just some great background as to getting to know who you are. And, and you know, it was interesting because I, I was having this conversation. Actually, I wrote a blog post um, yesterday or the day before, and I posted that uh, something similar to that, you know, kind of the, the way that we grew up, um, you know, and then, like you said, you know, you're not dealt the best hand, but you grow up, you learn. And then so along the line, you know, those those things, stick with you. And then, you know, as you continue to grow, similar situation, I found some great teachers. Mm -hmm. However, I never wanted to be a teacher. And I know people get tired of me saying that, but <laughs> it's the truth. Never. I was like, you know, the only reason I would like to be a teacher is just to have summers off and that's it. But I was like, they don't make money. I don't want to grade papers. I don't want to do this. And then of course, went down uh, a path that led us something different. But then in a similar situation, I came back to be a, an avid tutor when I was in college and then I saw some of my previous teachers and previous classmates, like the younger, like since I was in band, you know, you know, the freshmen. So when I came back, I would see them there and I was like, okay. And little did I know that that experience along with the customer service experience, you know, and then transitioning into education. Oh my goodness. I fell in love with it. I fell yeah. in deeply in love with education, much like you share your passion and how you were able to take what you knew, the technology and the English and marry those. So it's like we were app smashing before app smashing yeah. was a thing. You exactly. Know? Yeah, exactly. We you're exactly right. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I, I love your heart in that you said, you know, you want to give back, you know, in the same way that it was given to you. And I think, you know, I, I can, that resonates with me so much. And I was having a conversation with my wife this morning too, just something just getting deep and, and, you know, like that. And I said, you know, I, I think that's just why I am the way that I am too, that I just want to give back and, and connect people. And just like yourself, you know, connecting the education community in what you do. And then of course you're empowering your students. And mm -hmm. that's something that I want to kind of build up and transition into just 
the, I've seen you, you know, I followed you on, on, on Twitter, you know, and just followed your work. And I'm just like, where does she find 48 hours in one day <laughs> to do what she does? Because <laughs> I only have 24 hours in a day and I can't do what she does, it, but yeah. So go ahead. It, it's That's funny because uh, my family also asked that same question. My husband, especially uh, this morning, he actually asked me, um, so you don't have anything tomorrow, right? And I was like, uh, I actually have a clubhouse call at five o'clock. And he started laughing and he's like, when are you not working? And I think the truth is Alfonso, because it's my passion um, in my brain, it doesn't register as work. Right. So um some of the some of the best ideas I have are after that that eight to four job. Um, so I, I think for me, putting in that work behind the scenes, uh, it empowers me. But I also know it's either going to empower my students when I get back, or it's going to empower my colleagues or those like you said out there on Twitter. Um, so I, I share everything. But coming back to that question, um, kind of how did I get into this student students can lead movement. Um, in 2017, I saw Cody Holt, who uh, is from Roy City ISD. I saw him with his Chrome Squad several times, um, oh, right? And I believe that um, sometimes the universe is sending you messages. If you're continually seeing something over and over and over, you probably need to take note and kind of reflect on why that is appearing. So I kept seeing him. And every time I would sit in his session, it would legitimately fire me up. I would leave the session and I would just be like, why is everybody in the world not doing what he's doing? Um, so I just decided, um, you know, to take an opportunity that I was given in 2017, they um, moved my coaching position to stay full time at the high school campus. And so I thought, what an opportunity if I'm going to be there all the time to take a couple of kids and test out this idea that Cody had. Um, on my own campus and in my own district. And so I worked um, pretty difficult, uh, long hours, right? Like back to that, I, I tried to come up with every reason that they could maybe tell me no to this idea. And I tried to have a solution, which is just an approach I think is really good for anybody. Yeah. Always have a solution um, so that when those questions are asked, you, you've already thought about it. So I started in 2017 with six kids. Um, and we've wavered back and forth from six to 12. Once I had 15, I mean, we just kind of go back and forth uh, with the numbers. But I wanted to solve the problem of the fact that we were one to one. There was one of me there, you know, back then, I think we had maybe 800 enrollment at the high school. Now we're up to over 900. I mean, it just was kind of hard for me to help the students and the teachers. So I thought, what a great idea to give these students um, some real world experience, teach them customer service, teach them some design elements, allow them to use some of those skills that they've really learned in those uh, elective classes, but as well as their communication, right? All the things they talk about in English. Um, so we organized into departments, uh, different students run those departments. Um, they get level one or two Google certified. So the the thought process in that is I wanted them to have that educator certification because if they were helping the teachers, they needed to know what the teachers were seeing and they needed to understand that perspective, which they weren't going to do with the student Google test. Um, so then we pulled in digital portfolios 
and resumes uh, so that they could take those with them after they left the high school. And my students are still using them. So all my former students, um, one of them just linked up with me on LinkedIn. And so it's really intriguing to watch something that I kind of planted the seed on and then watch that student grow it to something incredible, right? Um, Some businesses have been born out of this class. Uh, I have a student currently who is working on a jewelry business. Another student who's also working on a jewelry business, a former student started her cake business in this class and really just took all those skills and meshed them together. Um, And so that is how she earns her extra money. So I think for me watching it, happen so quickly, right? In in my other classroom experiences, when I was a classroom teacher teaching uh, English or multimedia or web, web mastering programming, whatever it was, uh, I was hitting the goals, you know, that I needed to hit, but we weren't taking it another step. And I think that is where so many teachers kind of stop. They they stop at, well, let's, you know, they, they've met the learning objective. So Alfonso, you're done for the year. We'll just move on. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And for me, I thought, why are we not extending that? And so my students extend it into real world world settings, but they also, also connect with ed tech companies. So uh, one of my students has written a blog for Buncee, uh, just a student perspective of how she's using it. My students, uh, work with Wakelet on the student ambassador program. Just last week, a couple of my students were on a call with Adam from Flipgrid. We were talking about just real world business experiences. And Adam was just giving insight into his job for one of my seniors who wants to go into business. I just think that we, um, and I did it for a really long time. I did it. I was part of that group, but I had to unlearn that with these kids And the truth is they push me to be better every day. They sit side by side with me and teach me things that I never would have known. Um, And it becomes a partnership. And that wasn't something that I learned in teacher college. They don't tell you sit side by side with your students and let them teach you. They don't tell you that, right? I mean, it's like, well, you're standing up in front of the room and you're just going to lecture to them and you're going to meet these goals and make sure you write them on the board so they know. But I always want to go deeper into that because I want it to be meaningful and I want it to be that way for the adults as well. So um, that is my experience with empowering student leaders. Um, And my hope is just that anybody who is watching that happen really takes that and and applies it to their own situation. And I agree with you 100% on everything that you said, because I think that is so important. You know, one thing that I love that you said is building that partnership. I think number one, you, it's important. It's very important that you build a relationship with your students. Your students have to trust you. You have to trust them. You're building that sense of community. And I think that is so important. And I know, you know, it's people may say, it's like, well, you know, we're doing remote. It's different and so on. There are ways to build, yeah. still build that community, yeah. even though you may be working remotely. And I think a, a lot of times it's, uh, like you said, these are things that they don't teach you at teacher college. And and I didn't go through teacher college, but this is what you described is exactly what I learned in my marketing classes. So it was so easy for me to transition and take those skills into the classroom and know what to do because it's customer service. And I think that's something that is very important that we work together, you know, build those relationships. And that's key 
and taking the time, especially right now in virtual learning. I, I mean, I know it's already March. Many students may have already been burnt out. Teachers, bless their hearts, are burnt out, you know, but because I know that there's certain expectations, things right. that have to be done by the end of the year and things that need to be met, deadlines and curriculum. But I think that if at the very beginning the you built those partnerships and that community with those classes, you, you would probably have been a lot further because you don't have to deal with some of the things that come up, you know. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. And something I wanted to hit on, uh, so, you know, the question is, who is Tisha Poncio? Well, I actually wrote out my life core values. So I don't know, like, that is one of the questions I will ask people pretty regularly, like, what are your core values? Um, and I didn't really know what I what I stood for or what I was about until about 2010. And my family and I sat down, we let the kids be part of this. And we were like, you know, what are our family core values? What bullseye are we trying to hit every day, no matter what we're doing, who we're talking to, what we're seeing? Um, and so my core values actually play into what I do with my students. So my personal core values are gratitude, leadership, excellence, relationships, prayer, and honor. Well, when I created this class, I decided that if they didn't have a bullseye to hit every day when they're running our social media accounts, when they're interacting on social media with ed tech companies or educators, or they're sitting face to face with a teacher, um, helping them in our adopt a teacher program, I needed them to have a bullseye because if they don't have one, they don't know where they're going. I mean, that's just the truth. You know, we say that with digital citizenship, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. You always have to tell people what they should be doing. What's the mark they should be hitting. So uh, we came up with an acronym. So the first group of students helped me come up with those core values and it spells out the word rich. So respect, integrity, teachability, customer service, and honor. And they focus on that no matter what we are talking about in our classroom. And because I have created that foundation, we also can pull in discussions, um, that are really timely and, you know, current events that are happening just yesterday. Uh, so D Lanier, if you don't know him, yeah. you should know him, find him. I have his solve in time cards yeah. and uh, it was a half day and the students weren't with me um, for that particular class period, but um, they asked to come to my room, uh, you know, before the bell rang. And I thought, well, so I had it laid out. I had the solve in time cards laid out and um, they were like, what's that Miss Poncio? So I don't, tell them this is the game we are going to play. I just leave it out and I want them to ask questions. <laughs> and they did. What is this? And I said, well, it's this game. And I kind of talked about it. And then one of my students said, well, I want to play it. I want to do a round. And I was like, okay. So um, I pulled some cards, you know, let them pull some cards. And um, we had conversations about, uh, you know, like, colonialism, uh, lying. Um, I'm trying to think they pulled like three cards and we had legitimate conversations about those things, why they are a problem, why, why it's happening. How do we solve it? I mean, just talking through some of that. And I don't know that our students are having the opportunities to do that in every class. Um, and I know that's a lot of work, right? Like that's a lot of work. I wouldn't recommend everybody do that, but I have built this 
this uh, foundation of trust. And so my students don't agree politically on things like they will tell you they don't agree. But can they sit down and have a conversation and talk it out? Yes, absolutely. They can. Can they come to the end of that talk and still be great friends and teammates? Yes. Wow. To watch that happen is the most incredible thing for me. That is awesome. And, and, you know, I mean, that's that's great, that that culture that you're building. And you said you started from the very beginning. You have that foundation, the the core values. This These are the expectations. And like you said, the bullseyes. Right. And right now, I mean, look at what your students are able to do and the, the conversations. And now you're going in depth. And one of the things, too, that I wanted to hit on is just like empowering them in giving them those experiences of, hey, this is what I would like to do and connecting them with people that are already working or, you know, in that industry. So to get some tips, ideas, you know, what kind of path to follow, obstacles, maybe ways that they learned how to overcome certain things to get where they are. And those are those future ready skills, you know, future of work skills that students will need, you know, so you're building that collaboration, uh, you're building communication, and all that you're doing is completely cross-curricular. It's not just like, oh, this is just for Ms. Poncio's class, and right. it only applies to to her class. No, it, this this yeah. goes beyond those four walls and well into college and well into the workforce and everything. And I think that is something that is amazing to give the students that opportunity and empowering them. And I think that was one of my favorite things to do. Being in the classroom, like you said, doing coding and doing projects, it's just, yes. like you said, you put it out there. And by the end of the day, and I always tell by the end of the day, I'm the one that looked like the expert because I was learning from my first block, my second block, my third. And then by the time I hit code club, I'm like, all right, guys, so let me show you. And then I looked like the cool guy. But right. in reality, I learned from them. But that is one thing also that resonated with me, Tisha, that you said that you continually learn from them. You partner with them. You listen to them. And the the fact that you're giving them that space where they can say, hey, Mrs. Poncio, check it out. You know, you showed us this, but let me show you how else we can apply this. And then, boom, just blows your mind because th their creativity sparks. We don't see things through their lens. They don't see things through our lens, but we can share what we see and just make them do some magic. And I think that's that's what I'm seeing. Tisha Poncio is a magician here. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny that you said that about the students, you know, saying here's another way. One mm. of the things I teach them is there is a way, not the way. And for so long, um, they have been taught there's only one way to do something. And so when they come to me as sophomores, juniors, or seniors, I feel like I'm having to teach them to unlearn that thought process, right? There are multiple ways that this can look. So last week we were doing resumes. Um, and some of them chose to do it in a Google Doc. Some of them chose to do it in Canva. Um, and, and they were asking me, you know, I have a rubric, a single point rubric that I use. And uh, they kept asking me, well, what's the right way? And I was like, what's the right way for you? Because the right way for you may be the not right way for me. So I was trying to showcase that. It's just really interesting. Um, I feel like it's important for them to have that skill when they go to college or enter a career at all. Um, just because there is, there's multiple ways to do things. And in order for us to know that we have to talk to each other and we have to collaborate and we have to be open to that. Right. 
Yeah, and and I love that what you said there too, because even as an adult, like I'm I'm part of a group, and I mean we're we're you know continually communicating with each other and getting ideas. And one of the questions was, there's a friend of ours who's going to be looking for you know a position and was interested in you know let's write a resume. Does anybody have a resume template? And even us as adults, we said the same thing, kind of like, well, there's this, there's this, there's this. So it just depends on you. And I love what you said that what may be work out for me may not work out for you. But I, I love that it's let's find a way. There's a solution and whatever works best for you. And and nowadays, I think, you know, what they did is they went with a kind of innovative approach where they just kind of did a they did a portfolio, but they did videos and they did everything because, you know, we're used to seeing the paper resumes and so on. And, you know, kind of change things up a bit, I think. And, you know, that might be good. And I like, for example, Wakelet, that's a great way to use to set for somebody to set up a portfolio. You set up your resume, you set up all your projects, everything that you do. Uh, and that also, like you said, prepares them for university, prepares them for future of work because I, you know, and I say this a lot too, in my master's, we didn't have to take final exams. We didn't have to do any of that. What our final project was, was a portfolio of all the work that we did. And in the university, my professor or actually all professors were just like you said, here is the rubric. This is what I want you to accomplish. And then the question, well, how, where, that's completely up to you. Right. Use whatever tool you like. As long as it meets this criteria, you're good. And boy, t- talk about like you said right now that you have them there at a young age where you're kind of showing them that, you know, unlearn certain things. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you go through that and, and I mean, going through like the way I did, just went straight through co- uh, straight through high school, right. went into college and then the master's. I only knew the way that my teachers told me to do because that's what they said. No, do it this way. No, it has to be done this way. And when I got into my master's and they gave me voice and choice, I'm like, "Um, hold on. (laughs) So it took me a while. Like that first semester, I had to unprogram myself. And then I was kind of, I felt free. I was like, so I can use it. And that's how I stumbled upon Wakelet for, and then I got a lot of my uh, classmates on Wakelet and yeah. my professors because it's like, what's this? It's like, oh, check it out. And so, I mean, it worked out great, but I think that's so important. And I think that right now that you're able to work with them at a young age and show them that there isn't only one way, there is a way and there's, or there's multiple solutions. You know, I think that's a, a very important skill that many students need because it's often, here's the worksheet. This is the way it's always done follow the strategy. And if it's not done this way, you're not going to get the right answer. Or it. this is because this is the only way that I've ever taught it. And the way that I've only ever learned it as a teacher, this is the way that I'm going to give it to you. Right. And that's it. It's right. yikes, you know? As, yeah. And as educators, we have to be more open to, to those ideas. Right. I mean, it, it's interesting because when I first started the program, uh, like I was, I was digital learning specialist for my teachers. And then I have this group of students. Um, and in the beginning, the teachers were iffy on if they were going to let the students help them. But over the course of time, we built relationships and trust. And I was, um, I was out, uh, one morning this past week and, 
I had a teacher uh, email me and say, well, I really need to, uh, I need some help on X, you know, X, Y, and Z. And I said, well, uh, my, my student is there. You are welcome to go during your conference period. He'll be in the library, go check with him. Um, and so she went and met with him without me being there. He knew exactly how to handle that meeting. He knew how to help her. And then she said, hey, I know you guys are working on resumes. You want to uh, like peer review my resume? And so they sat side by side looking at each other's resume and learning from each other. Like that is for me, that is the pinnacle level, right? That is amazing. And, uh, you know, and I, I often tell the story, you know, being in, in the classroom too, you know, using tools that can help you create this kind of environment, you know, yes. teachers, you know, where it, it's by the, the little composition notebooks, here you go, and you're going to write your summary and so on. But at the end of the week, who's reading these, who's right. revising these, it's the teacher, so the teacher takes these home and then it becomes an ominous stack. They're the ones that are reading and having to do this stuff. But so are how are the students learning, you know, and getting feedback and doing that peer review? I think that's something that's so important to allow students to take that ownership. And I think I like what Feli said here again. It says choice leads yep. to creativity and authenticity. And that's something that is so, so important. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, it, it does. The other thing is when you give them choice, it empowers them to learn how to make decisions without being fearful that they're going to get it wrong. <laughs> yes. Because it's like, it's always like, it's either A, B, C, or D. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, well, what, if I pick this one, then it's going to be wrong. And no, like you said, it's like, you're putting yourself out there. Let's create. Right. And you don't have that fear anymore. It's like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm here and I'm going to solve this and we're going to go this way. Let's create. And I think, too, going along the lines with Feli says that I think some of the great outcomes here, too, Tisha, that from what you do is you're amplifying that student voice, like you said, and through creativity. And that's that's kind of like a, a wave that I've been riding on since Al Thomas was on the show. Yeah. I'm like, man, just amplify through creativity, your voice yes. through creativity, not only for students, but even us as educators. And I know like my two friends here, Feli and Omar, are some of the most creative educators. You're they are. super creative, but the way that they amplify, help their students amplify their voice, but also the way they do it too as well. I mean, this is a skill for everybody. I mean, when, when did we lose creativity? I mean, I remember school, it's like we color and stuff like that. And then now after a while, it's like, hey, all right, here you go. Test, test, assessment, <laughs> assessment, test. So you're kind of just taking all that creative component out that when the student says, okay, here you go, we're going to work on this project. They just kind of sit there and like, okay, they well, freeze. where do I start? They freeze because right. it's not an A, B, C, or D, you know, paper and, or something. And uh, Fonz, they're expecting you um, just because they have really been um, taught to behave this way. They're waiting for you to give them the explicit instructions, yeah. the number one, the number two. And so it really is, especially in high school, it's hard to switch that thinking after so long. Um, it's interesting that you said, when did the creativity leave? I have a group of students that I am um, I see uh, every couple of days for a study hall. Um, and so they're just with me. I have I think five of them. And so I asked those students who are freshmen some questions and I asked them that exact question. When did creativity leave you? When did you stop having so many opportunities to create? And they all said it happened around fourth, fifth or sixth grade 
they all said that. And I thought, wow. I'm <laughs>、um, thinking, like, what happens in like maybe third, fourth? Oh, that's right.、Yep. Testing, state testing.、Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just those things that, you know, and I think that's so important that there, there's still a way. And there is, it's just it, you have to take the time. But if you invest that time to marry the creativity with what needs to be done, you're, you can definitely dive in deeper into the concepts. And that's something that in the classroom that I loved. And, and with science, I was doing science and social studies. And I mean, we were bringing out the scratch, we were doing scratch, we were bringing out the makey makey kits for science、right. and going over. And the students were programming solar systems, they were programming. You know, water cycles, they were doing all of these things. And, you know, that year that we took this or we did the scores, like the scores jumped up dramatically for that grade level. And because of you're able to marry that creativity, that process, hands on, it's still by giving them voice and choice.、Right. I mean, I, I think it's important to understand too as teachers. A learning artifact doesn't have to be just a Google form、yep. or a piece of paper. A learning artifact can be a TikTok video. It can be, you know, using Wii video, using,、uh, you know, just a voice recorder, a Google slide. So many tools that are out、yes. there can still give you authentic,、uh, an authentic learning artifact where you can still see the student is learning. Now,、right. and the example that I always give is, Uh, in my last year there in the classroom, I had、uh, one student, very shy, very quiet. She was self conscious of her the language because she, she's an EL student and she never participated. Very shy. But when I would put Chromebooks in their hands, say, okay, guys, this is our topic for today. We're doing science. We're going to work on creating a presentation. And I would do the same thing. This is your rubric. Go for it. When that student would, Submit their work. She, she spoke so loudly. She wouldn't <laughs> speak in class, but when I would open up her presentation, she spoke so loudly and clearly, you know, with the way that she set up her presentation, the creative process, not only just transitions and, and the graphics, but the concepts. The, she, was, she was going in deep, but just, she just didn't like to. Speak because she was shy. And later on, she just opened up and she started sharing because she had that confidence because she was seeing that she was doing some great stuff. And I think that's something that's so important. It really is that you can dive deep through authentic you、so、know, creativity. You're absolutely right about that. And I actually want to shout out Bonnie Nieves. She is a high school、uh, science teacher, I believe. And I've been in some clubhouse rooms with her and she talks about this very thing. Even though her subject is getting tested, she is still bringing in those opportunities for choice and voice and creativity and critical thinking skills. Because, just like you said, Bonds, when they have those skills, they should also be able to apply those skills to whatever test they're taking.、Yes. Um, I think that's very important. The second thing I want to point out that you said is、um, those introverted students. Well, who is Tisha Poncio?、Uh, I am an introvert, and people do not believe this about me.、Uh, and here's Here's the thing when I am in a space with my people, right? Like all the educators who are, are here, who are talking about these things, I am not an, an introvert because I am ready to be in that conversation with you. I know it's a safe place to have that conversation. But the truth is, growing up, I was an introvert. I was that girl in the back of the room, never saying anything, all the way up until that English teacher. 
Mrs. Elam, uh, who sort of forced me to get out of my shell and made me present live in front of class. Let me just tell you, it could have been a traumatic experience, <laughs> um, but it wasn't. Um, I, I learned that I had this ability to take my thoughts and speak them out powerfully. And I didn't even know it. Right. And so I think when we can remember that our students aren't like us. So many teachers are extroverts. So many teachers um, maybe don't give those students the opportunity to speak and they have incredible ideas um, and they want to use their voice. Maybe they haven't ever used it like I hadn't. I think it's just important to give those opportunities. And I always say whatever my experience is as an educator, I have to let go that my students have that same experience, right? And so um, talking about equity, um, I have Wi-Fi at my house. I have, you know, too many laptops in my house to even count right now. And my, my kids have access to technology. They have access to me. Um, sometimes they get tired of that because we're always <laughs> talking about it. But, um, I, you know, I know that I have students in my class currently that maybe do not have those opportunities to have those discussions, to have the technology. You know, if their iPad breaks, that's all they had. Um, so I think it's really important for educators that we get out of the way. I know that seems very harsh, but I think sometimes we as educators are creating those obstacles in our classrooms. And so if we remove ourselves and kind of step aside, our students will do the most incredible things for us. Um, but again, going back to that, we have to set that foundation and culture of trust and that bullseye. We have to do that or all of the things that you and I have been talking about will not work. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that, and that's the thing. And it's so funny, you know, and uh, I had a, a guest on Chelsea Ro uh, Robertson and she's a, you know, she's got a podcast too and everything. And you know, we were talking about that growth mindset and teachers and, and that word always came up just relationships, relationships, relationships. And like you said, that's the only way that they're going to build that foundation. And, and I think to myself, you know, and we talked about similar things, you know, not not always being dealt the best cards, you know, right. as as a young person. But the, the fact that somebody or teacher built that relationship in us, that 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 we would see them, that confidence to say, hey, you know, that they understood, they they knew where you were coming from, but they were able to help, or that they engaged you in in the lessons, and you felt like, wow, you know, they empowered you. I think that's something that that is uh, very important that we do as teachers, as educators, and no matter what role you may be in. I think even as administrators, we also need to build that community with our teachers as well, because you know, right now, I mean, they're dealing with so many things. You know, I know. Uh, a, a great friend of mine also, she wrote a blog post yesterday about teacher burnout. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's important that administrators reach out to teachers as well. You know, I'm glad you bring that up because, um, <laughs> you know, I work with a lot of teachers and I'm just telling you, I am seeing burnout after burnout after burnout. And we, there, I just have so many thoughts around this, uh, Fonz, because the truth is in order to build relationships with other people, we have to do groundwork ourselves. So if we're projecting our stuff on other people, we're not able to create relationships that are healthy with our colleagues, our administrators, our parents, or our students. I think it's very important, like you said, we have to give our educators this space and this guidance 
to be able to learn how to do good relationships. I'll be honest with you. I didn't learn how to do relationships well in the household that I grew up in. I didn't learn how to do relationships well. Um, I've, I've been married once before. I'll just tell you, I mean, like it wasn't until my second marriage and really, really diving in deep and surrounding myself with those people that were going to coach me, keep me accountable and have those talks with me. And I, I try to do that for my teachers as well as my students, um, because I think it is the most important skill ever. doesn't matter what you're doing, who you are, <laughs> where you live. If you don't know how to do relationships well, it just, uh, things I think will crumble, right? Whatever you've, you've tried to build up. So I, I think it's important that we take time. Uh, and speaking of that, I took myself to an Airbnb last weekend, Fonz, by myself to go do some groundwork, some reflection, some journaling, to be alone in the silence. Um, because as educators this year, we have really, really um, been thrown a curveball, right? <laughs> so, yeah. um, so many great things going on here. I'm looking at all the comments. Omar's right. Our students have wings and we have to let them fly. Mm -hmm. I just completely, I cannot agree with that more, Omar. But, you know, Omar and I, we're on the same same energy wavelength there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everybody here. Everybody here. This is like a party, right? Because yeah. we're all... It, it's all, like all it's like clubhouse but with our faces like <laughs> live <laughs> hold on hold on G give me a second check this out okay where is it i'm clapping oh, you're applauding for me <laughs> thank you Fonz. thank you. you thank you for applauding for me <laughs> yeah i was just telling i was just telling deb like hey i'm surprised you haven't pinged us huh? <laughs> you know, i know i love that you give me such a hard time about clubhouse it's so funny i will always go back to that conversation because you're like tisha i mean we could do this on uh stream yard <laughs> yeah no but yeah yeah but, i uh, will tell you uh, i have had the most incredible learning experiences on clubhouse um of course, if you don't know, part of my degree is social media management. And way back when MySpace was popular, um, I was on all the social medias. And when my students got onto Facebook, I just decided to study this social media thing called Facebook because I had no idea what it was doing, but I knew that it was powerful enough to completely divert my students' attention away from my curriculum. <laughs> so I needed to know why. I always want to know the why, right? And I always start my my lessons off with a why. Um, but then I needed to figure out how to leverage that for my class. And so that's kind of how I got really into social media. But uh, Dr. Sarah Thomas gave yeah. me an in invitation to Clubhouse. And I thought, you know, I really don't need another thing. Like, I really don't. If you Google search me, you'll see I don't need another thing. But I thought I'm going to try it because my kids will probably be on it and I need to be able to answer some of those questions. So I got on and I was not prepared for the <laughs> amount of time that I would spend on there. And my family was not prepared for the amount of time that I have spent on there uh, moderating rooms with some incredible people in education, having impromptu conversations um, with some of my Flipgrid family the other night, just talking about what song uh, do we listen to when we are mm -hmm. feeling super down. Um, it's just, it, it kind of has replaced for me the hole that was left in my heart in 2020 when I could not attend any of my conferences with my people. <laughs> so mm -hmm. um, I, I think it's going to kind of change the landscape. Also, yeah, I no, know. I, I agree with you on that. I love <laughs> it because uh, to me, it, it's really 
24-7 PD party, you know, oh, all, three, right? 365 days a year, 24-7 PD party. I mean, every time zone, you're going to get some of yeah. the top educators that are out there with sharing their practices. And what I love too, Tish, is that these educators that we may see as, as wow, like these people are like so edu famous and oh my goodness, they're there and they are some of the nicest people that are just giving away their knowledge, their experience. Yes. And like you said, it replaces kind of the, the, the conference, but then they're like, does anybody else want to share? And then you, you're up on stage sharing and they give you that time. What I love is, is that they give you, they make you feel like the most important person in the room for that time. And they allow you to express yourself and share your passion, much like, you know, the whole point of the show. Like That's what I was going to say. To share right? your like passion. Sharing your voice. Yes. I mean, being able to share your <laughs> voice. And, and there's choice because uh, you may go to a podcasting room and I may go to a, you know, how do we engage students room? I mean, mm -hmm. it's just so interesting to me. Um, and I agree with you when you're in that space and you you just feel so empowered to share. I, I will tell you, I was super nervous the first couple of times I started talking because I was like, oh my goodness, it's only me speaking. And there are 80 people in this room that I do not even know. Um, and I have a, a coworker that uh, just this week, um, she was she said, what is that clubhouse thing you're always on? Like, why are you on it, right? And so <laughs> I try not to say anything about it, Alfonso, unless I'm asked. So, yeah. Um, and I told her, I said, this is, I make so many great connections. I've learned so much. I've been able to write blog posts and share out some of the things shared in our rooms. Um, some, you know, some top 10 coaching practices that were shared, just some incredible conversations. And um, I wanted to shout out Chris Nessie because um, yeah. I know he's been on the show and uh, he is also the one that told me about this really cool mic that I have. And I know he's given you some, some equipment advice as well, but Chris Nessie has that podcasting voice. And every time I'm in a room with him, I, it just like, if I am like super energetic, it just like calms me. Some of you have voices that just like, make me breathe a, a deep breath and just sit. And I'm like, oh, I'm calm now. <laughs> so even that, I guess that's called ASMR, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, big shout out to Chris Nessie. Chris Nessie is definitely just a one amazing guy. Oh, yeah. And he's definitely helped me, you know, a lot. You know, if, if it wasn't for people like Chris Nessie, I probably, I, you know, we did our 50th show this past Wednesday. This is, this is show 51. I don't think I would have made it this far if it wasn't for people that are supportive that you connect with. And these are the same type of people that are out there on Clubhouse. And like you said, right. you learn, you, you, you're continually learning things that are going to improve your practice. It's, it's like I always say, it's Proverbs, uh, you know, 27, iron sharpens iron. Yep. You're going to get the best practitioners that are out there sharing some of their best practices that you can go ahead and mix and match with what you already have. And then you can come up with something great that works for you. Now, are we saying that everything that they say is going to work for you? No, but just like Tish and I agree, you take, you take and pick what works with what you already do. And then you just add that additional layer. One thing that I love uh, about Clubhouse too, uh, Tisha, is just the fact that you get to be in there with people that understand you, that, you know, that that know where you're coming from too as well. Like, I mean, it, it's very hard right now, you know, to just really find a place that, that you can just share and, and feel like, man, you know what? I'm not the only one going through this mm -hmm. because oftentimes it feels like we are the right. only ones going through these things. 
But I think that's that's one of the things that I love that you can go in there and people cheer you on. uh, People give you the space to share and you just come out of there making connections and making friends. And I mean, it's amazing. It's great. So I definitely recommend it. (laughs) It's hysterical because the teacher I got on um, now her text messages are just random rooms. Like she doesn't actually put a sentence together. She just like gives me the room and this says, or this one. And I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) She's like clubhouse, which room do I go to? And I was like, well, the great thing is you can start in one and go to the other, or you can vice versa Mm -hmm. back and forth. So, um, it's so, it's so funny. Um, I've lost, I've lost, lost an earbud. I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. No, you're good. Well, Tish, it's been so great having you on here, Tisha. I really love the way that you shared your passion. And and again, the, the, the purpose of the show is connecting educators one show at a time. I, I've been sharing out your, I shared out your wakelet where I know that people can go ahead and find you on all social media. You've got all your links there. You're on Twitter, you're on LinkedIn, Instagram, um, you know, Facebook too as well. Yes. Everything is going to be there on that wakelet page. And I'll go ahead and uh, pop that in there one more time. Uh, let me see here. And of course, and, and, you know, and I've written about just recently student portfolios, which I feel like is a, a really hot topic these days. Digital portfolios, as you were saying, um, you know, I didn't do one until I was in college, but I write about that experience. Uh, I've linked that as well in that wakelet. Um, if you want to go look at that, I kind of give the why. Why are digital portfolios so powerful? So um, I definitely encourage anybody to go read that. It's a pretty quick read. I don't think it'll take you more than five minutes. <laughs> yeah. So again, you can reach out to Tisha. And just like you see her, she is always willing to help. She has just a wonderful heart. And you can tell the passion. And, you know, Tisha, thank you so much. And anytime, like I said, now I'm so happy that you're part of my PLF, my personal learning family. Absolutely. And anytime you want to come back on the show and you're working on a project or you're doing anything, actually, this is what, it, what we, Deb and I had already actually kind of made some plans maybe. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we said, you know, I, I think it would have been a little much to have you both on <laughs> for like one show, you know, so so we kind of spaced yeah. it out. So like people already know Deb, people already know Tisha. And now I think what we're going to do is we're going to bring the both of you together and do one of those shows. So definitely would love, love, love to have you back. You know, I love with, you too, uh, Philly. I love yeah. you. I love all of you out there sending yes. me love. Uh, yes, you are part of my PLF. I'm just telling you, I it is because of Twitter. And I will shout out Flipgrid because the truth is uh, my my son went through childhood cancer um, from 2013 and finished up in 2016. So there was a, a three and a half year period that I really was not um, reachable. I wasn't even in the mindset to coach or do ed tech. Um, but when, when he was finished with treatment, I discovered Flipgrid. And when I discovered Flipgrid, I didn't know that I was discovering a whole entire family. Um, And then Flipgrid and Wakelet, right? Then I discovered the Wakelet community and then the Bunsee community. And I'm just telling you, I so much love for all of you in those communities, because the truth is you guys have, you make me better every day. Um, You heal me, you inspire me, you make me laugh. Um, and I cannot wait to see all of you again face to face so we can go have some 
burgers or tacos, Alfonso? I don't know. What hey, do you like better? <laughs> uh, I'm down. I'm down for anything. Hi, Rochelle. I'm down. Hey, so, yeah. So, Feli, Omar, you know, Rochelle, Deb. I know we had Abbott here also from the UK that came in. And so, just a lot of love for you, Tisha. And, you know, thank you so much again just for being so amazing and so inspiring and, you know, just being able to have just these real conversations. And just, again, those of you that are going to be watching this later or listening to this, I mean, reach out to Tish, really, you know, listen to follow her. She's a great inspiration and she'll definitely get you connected also with the right people for whatever it is that you need. And Absolutely. so again, Tisha Poncio today's show was who is Tisha Poncio? And I loved it. I loved it. Thank Tisha. you, Alfonso. Thank, Thank you, so Fonz. Thank you, Tim and Rochelle. Everybody uh, that I see in the chat again, I have enjoyed sharing. Uh, who is Tisha Poncio? You guys reminded me who Tisha Poncio is. So it's a great, great start to my spring break, Fonz. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. And to all our viewers that are out there, again, thank you. I sincerely, you know, I, I am never ungrateful for everything that you guys have done for just the show and in just your support and reaching out to me saying that you'd like to be on the show. This show again is for anybody, any educator, creator. You don't even have to be in education. I'm looking for creators, you know, people that can just inspire, share your stories, share your passions. So just go on over to the website. You see the website there, myedtech.life. Go to the contact me or contact us. Give us some feedback, guys. I definitely love your feedback. This is, you know, tell me what I'm doing right. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. Tell me what you'd like to see or if you'd like to be a guest. Fill out that form. Give us a review. Check out what's on there. Check out the rest of the shows because they are all passionate educators that either at one time or another either change career paths into education. They have inspiring stories. Check them all out. That's what we're about. But thank you guys for all of your support. And we will go ahead and see you guys later. And until next time, my friends, stay techie.